0: so they are real okay i'm not here to dispute demons being real
1: yeah
0: i'm here to dispute that the power of god is greater than those demons
2: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started the show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God and other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side of the spirit world And Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anyone that you feel might be encouraged by it too. Quick disclaimer, what we can agree on here is that we love Jesus and he is our Lord and Savior. I don't filter what my guests say, so there will most likely be something along the way that you don't agree with, and that's okay. I highly recommend spending time researching and praying about anything that gets said that might trouble you. With all that said, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed Family. Hey, you guys, today we're speaking with Brianna Petty founder of Flourishing Faith Ministries, and soon-to-be licensed Christian counselor. In a world growing increasingly focused on deliverance and deliverance ministries, we have a conversation today about our experiences with it and how we're learning to not focus so much on the dark side, but to instead claim our authority in Christ. Yes, demons are real, and we have to be careful not to fall into their vices or our own sin. But more importantly, we have to remember Jesus's finished work on the cross. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. Good afternoon, Brianna. It's it's Brianna, not Brianna, right?
0: It's Brianna, yes.
2: Brianna, yes. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on Raised and Redeemed today. Uh, just for the listeners to know, we met on Instagram. Um, everybody kind of knows I've been talking about deliverance ministry on the podcast and we've had, you know, a plethora of episodes about it with different perspectives and and prayers and you know like lots of christians have different opinions and perspectives on this so it's been something that i was battling with personally and wondering if i needed more deliverance and so it led me to having all these conversations with people on the show about this and i posted one of these reels and you commented and were just so graciously teaching the truth, giving me all the, you know, the scriptural verses to go with what you're saying. And I feel like the heart of what you are trying to communicate is just that we are free in Christ. Yes, We don't need to be as afraid as a lot of Christians are um, of the dark side of demons. So I'm excited to just have you here today and to hear a little bit more about your testimony and then to go into the topic of, you know, these deliverance ministries and just a little bit more about what you've learned uh, with your experience personally uh, in that realm.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. And I want to make sure I'm saying your name right. Can you pronounce it for me? Because I don't want to mess it up.
2: Yeah, it's Michaela.
0: Michaela. Okay. Kayla, well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so we basically met through Instagram through one of your reels and I heard a young lady sharing her testimony it was very moving by the way. Um God bless that sister. Mm-hmm. And just to just like segue into like my personal testimony how I could relate is I'm someone that has definitely had um dreams since I was a young child and as I got older they became more demonic but if I'm being honest I was getting um, wisdom from people who were not aware of the power and sovereignty of God that my dreams were this gift. And mm-hmm. in me learning that this dream, having Dreams, was a gift, I would start researching people who could relate to the gift I had. Mm-hmm. And it would lead me down a path of basically looking into new age and stuff like that. Okay. Well, Long story short, the Holy Spirit started revealing to me that a lot of the stuff that I was learning from there was not only demonic, but it was putting me in the literal target range for the enemy to come in and try to attack me. Yeah. But the, the the saving grace was that God started working within me to draw close to him, learn more about him. No matter how many times I fail, I will always run back to God. He was mm-hmm. always like my set. Sad to say, like, my last resort. Okay. Um, but he was the first one, if I was in trouble, that I would call on. Yeah. So um, how I got into wanting to speak out so boldly about heretical teachings, it had nothing to do with the people. Because I think sometimes when people hear me call out teachings, they think that I'm targeting the teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm going after the teaching because the, the heretical teaching is, like, gangrene to society. Yeah. Especially in the uh, church, and my experience with that was that people were teaching me all of this hyper charismatic stuff. God is going to do a new thing. God said, "If you lend uh, to give to the poorest, to loan to the Lord." A lot of these things they were using God's word, but they were manipulating it as you know t- to yield a response or reaction out of me for my benefit. Mm. And one thing that, if you read the Bible, <clears throat> God wants you to do all things with the right motives and pure intentions from the heart because you want to do it not because you have to you don't have to do things for God to bless you God blesses the wicked and the just Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and so I'm just puffed up with all of this wisdom right and pride comes before a fall and I end up backsliding and going backwards Uh, when I say going backwards going back to dealing with people who I know God had told me to let go and mm-hmm. at that time I thought well the reason why I can't move forward there's there must be something wrong with me I, I do I have a demon I mm-hmm. must have a demon I have a demon and then I started looking at deliverance ministries and I would talk to different people in the church like sisters in Christ and they would say yeah we need to go to a Deliverance service and we would just talk about it over and over but then I start reading my Bible and as I read my Bible, one of the scriptures that the deliverance ministers would try to use is Matthew chapter 12, okay? about when an unclean spirit leaves his home and roams mm-hmm. around seeking rest. And when it finds none, it says to itself, I will go and bring others with me. And then they go in at home and when it's swept in. Uh, garnished and clean. Y'all get it. It's Matthew chapter 12, I believe, verse 42 through 44. Um, I know so what you're talking about. Yeah. Seven more daily spirits and the ending of that person is worse than the first. So when once I realized, like, okay, maybe I'm going backwards because I have a demon. I was like, oh, no. I, I got to get delivered. So I started having anxiety attacks. Now my mental health is being attacked. And I'm listening to these teachers tell me, you need to go on a fast. Well, I can't even think straight. So I'm not, I'm not even going to be able to eat as it is. Yeah, you need to pray. So all of these, they had a list of these things that I just simply could not follow. And so what helped me was one day after work, I came home and I did a brief study on deliverance through the story of, the man in John chapter 9. Okay. They were trying to, uh, a person that I was listening to on YouTube, which I highly suggest y'all be very careful of who you are listening to to speak to your faith. This person was suggesting that it wasn't that I had a demon, but I had a generational curse on me. Mm-hmm. That I had to fight. Yeah. Never mind about the blood. Never mind about what Jesus did. Never mind about the purpose of him becoming humble and, and, and putting on the garment of a servant to save me from all of that. I have to do the work. So in John chapter nine, it talks about a blind man and the blind, the, uh, the disciples asked Jesus, what caused this man to be blind? His, his sin? Or his the sin of his mother or his father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus replied to him, it wasn't the sin of this man nor his father or his mother that caused him to become blind. It was so that the glory of God could be revealed to
1: him. Mm-hmm.
0: And right then and there, Michaela, it was like the veil had been lifted. That it you know how they, they talk about the testimonies like with Paul, they're on the road to Damascus. That was my moment. OK, where I got a revelation that you going through hardships has nothing to do necessarily with a curse. Yeah. This is because of God's sovereignty and his provi- providence. We all will go through things.
2: I bet you so like liberated in that moment to realize like, oh, I'm not bound by this thing that I have to keep on fighting. I have to keep on working to overcome this thing. Like, no, it's already done. It's already. Yeah. Done.
0: yeah. And I was out that did so much for me because I, the, a weight lifted off of me, mm-hmm. actually a weight lifted off of me wow. because I was under the impression I have to go to school to get a degree to break the generational curse. <laughs> First of all, why are y'all telling me? How are you telling me to go break the curse? You alive. You go break it.
1: Yeah. Why you
0: can't do it? Why are you putting that burden on me? And that's why I believe Jesus said, come to me, those of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest, like rest from your souls, rest from thinking you have to be perfect Yeah, and have it all figured out. That is the genesis of the passion behind me, Um, not even just calling out heretical teachings. That's not my motive. My motive is to share the gospel and give you a perspective through the gospel on how to overcome mental health issues like Mm -hmm. anxiety, um, suicide, ideation, eating disorders, depression.
2: Yeah, because you're training to be a licensed uh, Christian counselor, right?
0: Yes, yes, I am. (laughs)
2: Wow. So I can kind of relate to to what you're talking about because gosh, the start of this year, like January, February, March, mostly like I was going through it and I was wondering so much like, are demons afflicting me? Like, am I, is it my thoughts or do I have like a photo or an item or something somewhere that I need to get rid of that a demon has attached to? And Just different, like, I don't know, you start to like go a little bit mad, like, what have I done? Is there something I can do? And, you know, this led me to doing a lot of deliverance prayers, but also becoming like extra, extra legalistic with myself. And there's, it's, you know, there's a, it's like a double-edged sword where there's some benefits that came from it, but also some, you know detriments that came with it and so I would say that one of the benefits was like the strengthening of my prayer life is that this affliction this thorn in my flesh is really what kept leading me back to my knees back to praying to God and what I've come to realize is like maybe that was a big part of the point was teaching Mm -hmm. me that prayer life but then one of the consequences I was seeing was like I mentioned the the super legalism with myself of worrying like, Oh, if I do this, I might get a demon or this, I might get a demon. Um, and of course the objective is not to go around sinning. Of course, like no, no person who like truly loves and is seeking after Jesus wants to, wants to do that. But just like this fear that something I could do, or I don't know, I just had all this, I had all this fear. Um, and my anxiety was getting worse as well. I remember, like, what you were saying, how you you were getting, like, your mental health was suffering because of it. And then it was a couple weeks ago. I was listening to a podcast from Coltish, and they had on this guy. I think his name was Michael Jones, and he was. The episode is titled "Debunking Pagan Holiday Myths."
1: Mm.
2: And so, what this guy was pretty much saying was, "There's a bunch of Christians out there, and especially ex agers who have become." Christians who now have this fear that like Halloween lets in demons, the candy that gets sold on Halloween lets in demons, witches are praying over things and this lets in demons. And um, Christmas was rooted in like, there's all these like m- myths really. That's why it's called, the episode is called debunking pagan holiday myths mm-hmm. is because every holiday in like sacred tradition that we have where Christians are really trying to honor and um, remember Jesus and what he did. There's the the other people who are like, oh, well, this is rooted in paganism and this holiday. So, And then it just leads to all this extra fear and confusion. And if I practice this, am I going to let in demons?
0: Yeah. Everything is demonic. Yeah. It's like, who who created all things? Demons?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, God. Oh, my gosh. And as I was listening to this episode, I just felt like liberated because this guy was breaking it down. He's like, no. None of this stuff started with pagan tradition and he's much more articulate and studied in this topic. So definitely go listen to that episode if you're listening to this, but he just broke down like all these traditions that we Christians practice. None of them were rooted or like this was used to be a pagan holiday and then we changed it and tried to Christianize it. He's like, no, this even Valentine's day, he was breaking down all of them. And I was like, oh my gosh, this fear, because I didn't practice Halloween this past year because I was so afraid. I always grew up loving Halloween. I still don't have a full perspective, you know, like, I don't know if Jesus would practice it or not. He might pass out candy uh, to kids, but maybe not the extra gory stuff. But I just felt liberated in in hearing that episode. And it sounds kind of like that's what you experienced um, when you read that verse.
0: Yeah, it it really helped me because, again, there is there is a weight of expectation on you. Once you become born again, um, you're eager to do the right thing. And so the moment you do the wrong thing or you sin, you feel like you have to hide or you have to work twice as hard to prove that you're faithful to God, to be loved and forgiven. Um, And really what it shows is our childlike mindset but also just how much we really do love God and want to do the right thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's, that's why true. we love that he's justified us, not by our works, but by faith. Mm. Faith. Because we hear, if I can say this too, faith without works is dead, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It puts you at a place where you're, again, that anxiety is up. And if you're worried, if you're going to do the right th- thing, are like you doing X, Y, Z? But we're told be anxious for nothing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where hermeneutics and reading things in context, as it is, instead of into it, is so important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, we're we're justified by faith, and that's what I gained from that. It didn't mean that sinning was permitted. We're saved by grace, not by works.
1: Yeah.
0: But it it helped me to know my faith is in God. If I confess my sins, no matter what the sin is, he's faithful and just to forgive me. And the goal is not to continue on willingly sinning, but to grow and, and share the testimony and get the good news out there to everybody.
2: Hey, you guys, if you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one, I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know if He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart, and I know he will do the same for you too. you mentioned a part of your testimony was like you were a believer, but then you kind of got off into the new age world a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, God, he was still keeping you like he was still there. And then you were still coming back to him, but then, you know, the Holy spirit convicted you and you fully came home and repented of the new age. So when I've talked to other people about uh, like the deliverance topics, they talk about how the new age is like a big one that you might need deliverance from after coming back to Christ what would you tell somebody who is a new believer and who has come out of the new age and accepted Jesus to be their lord and savior like is there still still deliverance or is it like now it's just the journey of carrying your cross and you know renewing your heart and mind what would you say about like that process of when they do feel like the attack, or you know the different things where they might think it's a a demonic thing?
0: So, thank you for asking that because that's a great question. Uh, and I do have to correct myself. Earlier in the podcast, I spoke about um, us not having fellowship with darkness, and I had mentioned Romans, the book of Romans, but that's really in Second Corinthians, chapter six, verse fourteen. Okay. Um and and I'm glad that that's even coming up because as believers we shouldn't have fellowship with darkness. But if you are someone that's being delivered or coming out of the new age and you're being told you have to do all of these things, I would tell you more than anything: shut out the outside and follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He does not have to speak to you necessarily with a voice. God speaks to us with peace and with conviction. And for me, I knew that God was speaking to me through peace and conviction when I read that scripture and also the conviction of the scripture.
1: Mm-hmm. When I
0: read John chapter 9, I was hearing echoes of my mother telling me, You need to go to school so you can break a generational curse. Mm-hmm. But the word says in Galatians that Christ became the curse on the cross. So I'm not cursed. I have the blood that's covering and sealing me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so if. You know, I'm reading the Bible in a year project right now, so I'm still like in the Old Testament right now. So there are those verses, you know, that the sins of your family get passed down generation to generation uh, down to the third and fourth generations. But so what you're saying is, you know, going back to the whole basics of Christianity, when Jesus came and died and rose again, he fulfilled that on the cross, like there's no more, is that what you're saying? Like, you don't have to worry about those things anymore.
0: Okay. So when we talk about what Christ came here to do, Christ came here to fulfill the law of Moses, which if I could add, Moses was actually, um, he had a generational curse. Mm
1: -hmm. He had
0: a generational curse and I'll tell you how. So he is from the tribe of Levi. He's a Levite. His great-grandfather or grandfather was cursed by his father. His, his anger was cursed by his father after he and Simeon went and killed those men for what they did to his sister. So it's no coincidence, years and decades later, Moses' anger, the curse of Moses' anger keeps him from entering into the promised land. Yeah. He allowed those people to get him riled riled up to the point where he disobeyed God's command to not strike the rock but to speak to it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I think it's it's funny because Moses created these laws, but at the same time, the curse of his ancestors' anger was on him and it essentially kept him from moving into the promised land. But that's and that's something I would love to talk to God about when we meet him, but yeah. Um, Jesus came here to fulfill the law of Moses. There is a curse that God put on mankind through Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And then there is the curse of the law that Paul talks to us about. And I believe the book of Romans. Okay, And so Paul also speaks to, to the Galatians about the curse of the law and us being redeemed through Christ.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the generational curse stuff, again, this is what a lot of people use to explain While we go through hardships and trials, it puts you again in that bondage to where you're accrediting negativity in your life to demons versus taking accountability
1: Mm -hmm. versus
0: exercising your right in Christ versus making sound decisions. And that's what the enemy's been doing for generations. If he can get you to entertain anger, your lust or be defiant against the word of God, he got you. Yeah. Well, that's why we got to practice walking in the spirit. And that's something that only God can help us do. (laughs) So if that answers your question, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great answer. And you know, I'm going to be reflecting on that personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Another question I have is I have a woman who has reached out to me and I think she listens to the podcast. So she might be listening to this Mm -hmm. and she is You know, an adamant believer, like she prays for her family, but her husband is a struggling addict, and there's just you know a lot of like what she feels like she needs deliverance from the demons that like he's bringing in. Um, there's like a struggle where it's and this is going back to like the Job example of like you know, I would argue none of us are righteous, right? Like, we all are fallen in sin, and there's always something we could be repenting from but this woman like she's like a faithful believer but her husband is really struggling with addiction and she's seen demons in him and she has this fear that you know well and also that demons are attacking her through her husband and so she's consistently praying over him and rebuking that um what would you say about you know a situation a situation like this? Um, Like, what would your advice be to somebody like her who is going through that?
0: If they're in an equally young relationship.
2: Yeah, and, and she's not doing anything necessarily to bring these demons in, but her husband, the one that she's married to, is because he has the open portals of the idolatry of substance abuse, for example.
0: I think women don't really know how much God is using us in relationships to the point where even if our husbands mistreat us, that um God, the word says God won't even hear their prayers. But I would just re- direct her back to the word of God. Right? When we're with someone who isn't necessarily trying to live for Christ mm-hmm. like we are and we're married to them and God honors our vows. To continue steadfastly in prayer and to remember who you are in Christ,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and this is why I love the um, the the epistles that that Paul wrote because whenever the church was struggling with adultery, fornicating, you know they had people in the church who was doing stuff they and his is doing. He yeah. did not come to them saying, "You got to go to deliverance. You need to go be rebaptized. You need to go have communion. You have to go." and fast for 30 days, 30 nights, 40 days, 40 nights, he reminded them of who they are in Christ. Mm. You are made complete in Christ, who is the ruler and authority over every principality and authority that exists. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. God delights in those who fear him. The angel of the Lord is encamped around those who fear him. You, You have to have the mindset and this is something that through warfare it 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 gets to that point. So make no mistakes. Me quoting the scriptures ain't just because I didn't went and set time aside. And just said, oh, I'm going to study the Bible and make sure I remember word for word. No, I was in there thinking that a devil was trying to attack me, and or that they were attacking me, and the only thing I had to fight with was not a sword, not a shield, but the word. Yeah. And I can tell her personally. I'm not married, but I was dealing with a person who did not believe that sexual immorality was a bad sin Mm -hmm. as anything else. But sin is sin. Yeah. And I kept telling this person that when I was with them and one night we end up fornicating Yeah. and I had a demonic dream where three demons, I could not see them. And that's why it's so important to fight with the word because we can't see these entities. Yeah. The only thing we can latch on to is our faith through the word. But they came in my room. One had my feet. The other had my hands. And I said, no Satan. God said in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me mm-hmm. and cleanse me all unrighteousness. When I say the, the entity at my foot and at my hand, let me go. And I could not see them face to face, but I saw their shadows getting out of my room. So they are real. okay? I'm not here to dispute demons being real. Yeah, I'm here to dispute that the power of God is greater than those demons.
2: I'm going to take a quick second here to tell you about Raised and Redeemed merch. I somehow end up in my bright pink raised and redeemed crew neck nearly every day because it's so comfy and I love to tell the world that I have been raised and redeemed in Jesus' name and wearing something that says that is a great conversation starter. Not only do we have crew necks but we also have t-shirts, hoodies, cropped hoodies, mugs, stickers, socks, and more. You can either follow the link titled "Raised and Redeemed Merch in the comment section of wherever you're listening, click the link in any of my social media bios. Or go to Raised and Redeemed, and that's spelled out, raised, A-N-D, redeemed, dot creator slash spring dot com to order yours and support the show today.
0: I didn't have to go to a deliverance service. Yeah. And Even after that, guess what? I still was stumbling. Okay. I still stumbled. So like it says in Ecclesiastes 7 and 20, there is not a just man that does good, good and doesn't sin. We all sin and fall short of the glory. But the, the good news is when we fall, if we stumble, we can run boldly before the throne of grace so that we may obtain mercy and find grace in a time that we need it most. We put our hope and our faith in the name of the Lord.
1: Okay, mm-hmm.
0: In the name of the Lord. Not Not chakras, not crystals, not special... Prayer cloths. Yeah. We put our faith in the name of the Lord. Okay. David said in 1 Samuel 15 to Goliath, right? They tried to put all this armor on him. They tried to have him put on this big old vest and a javelin and a spear, all of that, and it wouldn't fit him. Because the, the reality is, when it comes to us fighting, we think that we fight with our weapons and our weapons are going to give us the victory.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: the victory and salvation belongs to God. Mm-hmm. If you want to win whatever it is you're going through, addiction, um, you know, eating disorders. I had that, depression. You cannot fight with your hands. You have to fight kneeling. You have to fight crying out to God. Yeah. He said, you come to me. With sword and shield and, and and shield and and javelin spear and javelin, I'm sorry. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. So y'all, we if we want to fight, stop wearing yourself out, punching in the air, yeah. and lift your hands and call out to God.
1: Mm.
2: He is
0: the one that wins. The victory belongs to him.
2: Wow, that makes me so emotional uh especially like when you explained your personal experience of when you were still struggling with fornication and then you okay. know feeling the demonic come in i that was my biggest idol that was my biggest idol was sexual immorality it was the thing that i placed before god even after i started to realize like god was real and all these things as i was coming to faith that was the hardest thing for me to let go was the sexual sin and just like you, I had those experiences where a couple more times I put that before God, even now as, you know, starting to believe in him. And I got to see the consequences really quick where I felt the, A, just like the the consequence of, of feeling insecure and like, oh my gosh, like understanding marriage, you know, why God, you know, designates sex within marriage because it keeps our souls protected, you know, and then also feeling demonic come in because then after that, it was like self-pleasure. Okay. I'm not going to fornicate with, you know, guys, but maybe I can do the self-pleasure thing. No, I felt demons come in my room when I did that. This was when I was living back in Arizona, but instead of calling out and like, you know, praying these verses like you did, I felt shame. I almost felt like I deserved it because I had, Sinned and I had fallen short, but I was still learning. I was still even learning what was a sin because at that point I was like, "Well, maybe this isn't a sin because it's not with somebody else." But no, God gave it's me
0: debauchery. It's debauchery when yeah. you, whenever you're doing something out of selfish pleasure, mm-hmm. it is, it's sinful. And, th- and that's the thing. If I can say this too, and I'm getting emotional because
1: this this journey. It's about us learning how sovereign and powerful God is and how we are at
0: his mercy and we we can't see him and we need him for everything, including deliverance. We can, um, even you quoting the scriptures, like you can quote them all day, but do you believe what you're even saying? And sometimes you have to be brought low to where you're scared and you have no choice but to trust God. Um, But I said that to say, you know, we can try to fool people and make excuses for us making decisions and excuses for our sin, but there will always be a price for whatever it is you're doing.
2: Yeah. And that's Um, why he tells us what sin is, is because he doesn't, he doesn't want to see us destroy ourselves because really it's like you said, I think we were talking about this before he started recording. It's it's not like, oh, I sinned and now God is going to punish me. No, there's just consequences that we experience when we step yeah. outside of his will, where we're destroying ourselves. He doesn't want to see that for us. He loves us. That's why he does
0: Yeah. And sin literally... Like it throws off your mental equilibrium, if that's even a word. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about back in the beginning with Adam and Eve, when they sinned the attack wasn't on them physically, it was mental.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: could they no longer they had a fear of God and it wasn't a healthy fear.
1: Yeah. They right?
0: Perfect love casts out fear. They no longer had the love of God in them like that. So my my encouragement to anybody that's struggling with anything mentally, and even spiritually, is you have to, you have. When the word says, "Man cannot live by bread alone, <laughs> but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God," you, the the word of God has to become your way of life. Even if when you read it, you're convicted or you feel convicted, you can feel that way. Yeah, but feeling change you should feel have the um, inclination to want to change or become a better person after you read or see where there's room for correction.
2: And that's out of love.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not out of condemnation or you have to be perfect or, you know, you want to strive to be holy because our Heavenly Father is holy. But Christ came here and it became a servant on our behalf to fulfill something we couldn't do in our sleep. He know what it's like. He know it's hard. And that's why it says in Hebrews 4, we have a high priest who can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. He knows that struggling with fornication is hard. He knows the how you feel with, with masturbation, though he did not do that. He knows. So yeah. like, we I'm an advocate for knowing who you are in Christ and remembering that and standing
2: on it mm. and still calling out to him yeah. like even when you feel like you messed up it's i like that you brought up you know adam and eve in the garden and when they hid from god after they sinned because it was the same thing in my example of you yeah. know after i knew that i fell short in fornication um feeling shame and like i deserved to be punished by demons now they want they wanted me to believe that lie They wanted me to believe that I deserved that and um, to not claim my my authority in Christ. Um, So, yeah, to not believe that lie, but to I feel like that's a big part of the message is claiming your authority in Christ because he's enough. We're not enough. We'll never be enough, but he's enough.
0: Yeah, and and trusting him through hardships and trials, you know, I think, and I said, we were talking about this earlier before the podcast too, that I think that people run to Christianity sometimes with the wrong motives to chicken out of going through hardships and trials. Mm -hmm. We will go through, we will, whether you are a wicked person or a righteous person. Um, There's no one under the sun that has never experienced hardships. And if they haven't, it just isn't, it's not their season or time yet. Yeah. But being a Christian or a believer just means when we go through, we're never going through it alone. Oh, God. We never go through it alone and God causes it to work together for our good. Even the legalism, like you were saying, for me, when I got caught up in legalism, Hey, <laughs> they were telling me if I had different dreams about eating and seeing old workplaces, that was a dream of setback, a dream of hardships. I had one dream where a demon was still in my car and they was like, oh, he's, he's still in your destiny. And I'm like, hold on. Wait a minute. If I'm predestined in Christ, how can a demon that trembles at his name rob Jesus of my destiny? You can't.
2: Wow. But they want us to believe that like the the demons want us to believe those lies because that's the only power that they have is in their lies. If we if we believe them, if we believe the demons over God.
0: Yeah. And we can believe the illusion of their trickery, which is sometimes brought on by our disobedience. If I can sit here and hold myself accountable, I can say. That a lot of the demonic dreams that I was having, it wasn't because I'm chosen or I have a gift. It was because I was busy in my stuff with things that were contrary to what God called me to do. Mm -hmm. And that opened the door for them to come in and nan -nan and boo-boo me. But that's all they can do. Because I can share this. There was one time, again, I'm in that equally uh, yoked relationship. And I had a dream where I was going to this apartment complex, some crazy stuff happened there. And as I was leaving it, I was chasing, I was being chased by a demon. He's literally swiping at me, like, like trying to touch me. And so then he moves himself because he was like on this little uh, banister or like, you know, those, uh, what they use to climb up on the side of the buildings to clean the windows. Okay. Yeah. He gets off of that because somehow we ended up on that and he goes to three other demons and he says, I can't touch her. That's his daughter. I can't touch her. That's his daughter. But he's saying it in a menacing way. Like, I can't touch her. That's his daughter. And I had another dream where a demon cussed me out. So they are real. When I say I'm, i they, these things do exist, but again, my approach and what I hope everyone gets from this is yes, they're real, but they have to bow to the one who we, who exists inside of us and that's mm. Christ.
2: Oh, that's so good. That's a question I have too. It's like, I don't have, since I've been saved, I haven't had any, like, like I showed up used to see demons when I was in the new age world, uh, when I was doing Especially when I was on psychedelics, even when I was sober, I saw a demon, um, had the demonic dreams, all of these things. But since I've become a believer and been baptized, I personally haven't had encounters like that. And so I don't know, it does lead me to the question of, is this more of a threat for those who haven't yet given their life to Christ and welcomed him in to be their Lord and Savior?
0: Yeah. I think I think that yeah, like and and as the word says, the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing. Unless we get the gospel out there, like here on this podcast and Instagram, and and God allows these people repentance, they will be under the illusion that they the devil is in their life and is going to take their souls unless the gospel is revealed to them. And I'm even learning too. Repentance is something of God, like mm-hmm. He awards us that. Repentance alone is a award. Like yeah. it's not something you can people search for, but it's it's God. Yeah, it's God that's doing it. So we just pray that God will allow um, repentance for those who are being. Influenced by demons and who are also maybe entertaining things unknown them unbeknownst themselves to leave certain things alone to walk into repentance. Me personally, I I can't talk for anyone else since I've become born again. um I haven't had as many demonic dreams, but when I encounter people who are struggling with stuff and I hear them talk about it, that's when I notice I start having dreams, and I don't know if that's because. Okay, you won that person over. I'm gonna come over here and I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to intimidate you. Since you were over there talking to them, I'm gonna try to intimidate you.
2: Mm. And that's very possible too. Yeah, I know a lot of people who come on the podcast and then afterwards they experience, you know, a bit of spiritual warfare because the devil wants to discourage them from what they just came on here and did. And so that's such a common thing that I hear personally and. I know I experienced that too, but now it's more so, like you said, in my mind, it's like a mind war that I personally experience, where he tries to discourage me and make me feel insecure and inadequate and just all these things that keep me from, you know, wanting to speak up uh, as a daughter of Christ. And he tries to tell me things like, you know, nobody wants to hear what you have to say Um and that's a big attack on somebody. Like I have a Christian podcast over here, so yeah. for him to
0: tell him why would he, like- <laughs> why wouldn't he attack you? Why why wouldn't he? Why would he want you? Like I met a young lady. She she said each time she met a person in her dreams, her mouth like she opened up her mouth to speak, but something was keeping her from talking. Mm. I knew right then and there. Okay, I need to pray for her to walk in boldness to be emboldened by the Holy Spirit. So even when I'm praying, I'm not even praying against the kingdom of darkness. They're already defeated. I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to activate in this area of that person's life.
2: That's so good. That's such a shift. Like I can't even like quite put my finger on exactly how profound that is, but it's such a, a shift to not be looking at constantly fighting the dark side, but no stepping into the promises of God and what he's spoken over your life, like, because it's going to be exhausting if you just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and it's fighting. Greater with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like you said, instead of praying, you know, that the demons wouldn't X, Y, Z, no, praying that she would be strengthened and emboldened in the Holy Spirit. That's, Man, I'm reading this book called Seeing the Glory and, and Ian Carroll is the author and he talks a lot about you know the spiritual gift of discernment. And he goes, the first step of learning discernment is like, I think he said, A, you become aware of yourself and then B, you become aware of like the demons and hell. He goes, a lot of people get stuck there. He goes, but the next part after that is to become aware of what God is doing Becoming aware of heaven, of God's truth, of heaven's truth, and then focusing more of your attention on what God is doing. I think a lot of Christians are just handing their power away, their power in Christ away, and getting so stuck and focused and hung up on what hell is doing in the world, in their lives, when we should be focusing on the power and greatness and glory we have in Christ to access here and now. Yeah. And
0: and and I'm glad you said that because that person and I would even say this when you're becoming born again become aware of your weaknesses and also be aware of the enemies of what he's doing in your life
1: mm-hmm. but
0: also be aware of the sovereignty and power of God when we're praying don't pray against the kingdom of darkness the, the kingdom of darkness is on a time ticking bomb yeah. to be destroyed once and for all Okay, it's all right. The victory belongs to Christ. Let's let's go back to Christ and say, God, like Jehoshaphat did in Second Chronicles. He said, Lord, all of these people have risen up against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Mm. That's where you have to go. God, you are God. some trust in chariots, others in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Mm. Father, my I will look up to the hills. What did he say, David said? I would look up to the hills. They used to put idols on top of hills, thinking that the power and salvation would come to these idols being on hills. And he said, from where comes my help? My help comes from God who created heaven and earth. My help comes from the maker of the mouth. My help comes from the one who has the heart of the king in his hand and can turn it whichever way he will.
1: Mm-hmm. My,
0: my help comes from the one who says that you can put your trust in, in a horse, but that's, you know, that's wasting your time. Yeah. If you trust in him, you will be saved. He'll deliver you.
2: Brianna, I want to ask you just, uh, I guess, two more things um, and yeah. one question. And that's would you share a little bit about your ministry, Flourishing Faith Ministries, uh, how people can get involved with you? Or I think it's it's women specifically, how women can get involved with you. Um, and then the final thing is, would you just pray for the listeners uh, in regards to the things that we've talked about today?
0: Yes. So um, I do have an online women's ministry. It's called Flourishing Faith Ministries. Um, We're just an online women's ministry that's dedicated to sharing the gospel of Jesus and mental health to also promote spiritual uh, growth. Um, I would encourage you. I have a blog. I have a podcast. um, I have a quote unquote mentoring program, which God is still dealing with me about because um, the Holy Spirit is your mentor. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want people to get caught up in, oh, she's, she's, all of this stuff she's saying is helping me. Like. I'm just a resource. I'm not the resource. The kingdom of God is where you would need to find your resources. But um, we we do have Bible studies. I help hold you accountable and stuff like that. So definitely check out the website at com or follow me on Instagram at and Faith Ministries. I share um, encouraging reels and I do lives on there mm-hmm. every month. And yeah, I would just... Pray for you guys that the gospel will be revealed to everyone who's listening and that people will be set free in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Heavenly Father, we just come to you, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done. You are the Father of compassion, the Father of of all comfort. And we just thank you that we can come to you um, in the time of need, Lord. Father, I ask that every ear that is listening to this podcast But, Lord, that they be liberated through your words, Father God, that they not feel like they have to prove themselves to man, but that they instead would draw close to you. Mm -hmm. You said to draw close to you and you will draw close to us. So I pray that they will be inspired to search out the scriptures looking for you
1: um,
0: and to know that you exist. And I also pray for those who are being attacked spiritually that they would not think that they have to go super hard in prayer to fight the kingdom of darkness, but instead to reverence your name. Uh, uh, reverence your name above every name yes. To trust that you will be our salvation and Not just our sh- salvation But our shield mm-hmm. Proverbs 24 verse 10 says That if you faint in the day of adversity That your strength is small But God your word also says That they who wait upon you You shall renew our strength and and that you give power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Father God, I pray that you will prove yourself faithful in this season and know that we don't have to run to different deliverance services and and different churches and sow seeds for you to do things. God, you give all things freely, including salvation. And I pray that you will help us to not only walk in integrity, but God, walk in your word and believe what we're reading. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I'd love to have you leave a review, share it with a friend, and even connect with me on other platforms. It's at Nikolenko on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have an at Raised and Redeemed Instagram account too. I look forward to connecting with you there. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.